Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One day in the pub, Seb and Verity were socializing with hilarity. They knew there and then that their options were vast. They bought some equipment and made a podcast. What do you think you are doing, you twits? It's cliched and obvious, you know. If this doesn't work, well then we'll call it quits. But right now just listen to our show. My name's Seb Philpott. And I'm Verity Simmons, and this is Three in a Bar, episode 14. Ah, yes, yeah. episode 14. Into the second quarter of the year. We, we, oh my God, we are. Still, we're still in our own homes. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, we are. Yeah. But hey, this was an interview we did in person. <gasps> I know, just before Christmas, wasn't it? I think it was December yeah. 2019. And, and yeah. who is it, Seb? Who have we got? Um, hang on, let me just check. Oh, it's um, Kev. I don't know his second name. It's Kev. <laughs> oh, it's, it's Kev. Good. He's, it's, it's Kev from Bear's Den. Yes, Kevin Jones, one half Kevin of Jones. Bear's Den. That's it. He is a vocalist, drummer, bass player and guitarist with Bear's Den. Uh, and they are a British folk rock band. And do you know what? This is excellent timing because they have just released um, the first track from their new album, Fragments, which is going to be out in September fully, I think. Um, but yeah, uh, they've released Fuel on the Fire, their first single from their new Fragments album, which is a belter. Ah, ah brilliant. Yeah. Great. So you could go straight after this, you could go and listen to that that yeah. new uh, record yeah you can and oh, i mean wow it really hey, ties in so well doesn't it it really does it really does i'm actually playing on it clang oh what really <laughs> yes i brilliant. am and it's very stringy it's lovely i it, honestly this was brilliant that, this is how we know kev uh, yeah so a couple of years in fact you've played on one of their records too haven't you yeah i played on their their album that came out that came out last year so that you might hear me Yes, exactly. I played on that. Oh, it's a good yes. one. Yeah. It's very subtle, my my, my contribution. Is it? Lovely. It's, uh, you, you wouldn't necessarily know it was me. Oh, okay. But it's fine. Okay. Well, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> it's not got your distinctive razzy sound, is that what you say? <laughs> yeah. yeah, lots of very, uh, very soft, long notes. Oh, lovely. I remember doing. Beautiful. Well, but, I yeah, nice. did a tour with them in 2018, um, which was... 
Uh, the fragments is basically the tour was of frag the fragments album uh, before they recorded it or released it and it was yeah, yeah. so much fun it was an absolutely brilliant tour they're such a lovely bunch of people and um and we went to hamburg and utrecht and then we were playing in hackney it was really really fun and it's a cracking album they're really great, great. yeah so um fantastic yeah. yeah well check it out guys after this yeah <laughs> oh sorry i can just hear some people just... screaming behind you yeah yes <laughs> there's a lot of excitement in leighton today and the children is it the jumble sale it's the jumble trail oh yeah the... yeah <laughs> the jumble um, trail is in town and the kids cannot contain themselves i mean they can't they think they're going to make thousands of pounds i've already had to have a fight about how much we can feasibly sell things for <laughs> <laughs> So, so yeah, sorry about the background noise. Back That's to okay. Kev, it's real though. life. Oh, yeah, back to Kev. Yeah. 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 So, so we met him in 2019, and it was so amazing that he could spare some time for us just before he went on his Christmas break. Um, oh, yeah. We talked a lot about touring, didn't we? And uh, Yes. And yeah. previous um, album recordings. Yeah, just sort of like, you know, how, how the band got started and their sort of the way they approached it and how they kind of write their music and... All that sort of stuff. So we met up with him in a bustling Islington pre-Christmas uh, scenario. It was very nice. And it was great that he yeah. could spare us that time. And, uh, yeah, we talked about all kinds of things, um, about what they were planning to do this year, which actually they were going to have some downtime. So, in a way, this pandemic couldn't have come at a better time for the band. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, he'd also, just after we finished recording, he said he was just about to go and get a dog. Oh, yeah. I've Which, seen uh, that she, dog on Instagram. Have you? Oh, it's oh. a beauty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, how, how great is that? Just 2020 is just, it's just dog time. 100% dog <laughs> yes, time. Yes, it is. <laughs> I, I imagine. <laughs> um, so, um, well, anyway, um, well, should we get into the conversation? Oh, then let's. you can hear everything about it. Rather than us just sort of giving a pre-summary, uh, <laughs> here it is. This is the uh, conversation with Kevin Jones. I've actually have for you a little present. Oh, from, right. Um, you might. You're going to look at this and be like, "What actually the fuck is that?" <laughs> But this is, it's, well, it's the stuff, it's the ingredients for Turbo, uh, turbo Negroni. Oh my so God, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. That is hilarious. And, and... Oh, bless you. <laughs> well, the thing was, I felt like we really lured you over, you guys, to come and have a drink on our bus. So, we were like, please we, come have it. We had nothing. So <laughs> funny. We still talk about your Negroni recipe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a picture of this. <laughs> I just think that, you know, the Barocco element is the real. That is the, that's so the magic of it. What's going on in the Turbo Negroni? Well, right. So, okay, the, the party line was that this, <laughs> this is a fantastic cocktail that will um, allow you to rehydrate at the same time as dehydrating. And, you know, you're getting all your vitamins from the Barocca. Yeah. And then we've got it basically. It's genius. A, so yeah, we're basically replacing the orange peel with the barocas. Um, and <laughs> well, that that was a line with that we sold it to these guys with. But the fact was that in high spirits after the gig, we'd said, "Come back to our bus for a drink. We've got loads of things we can offer you." And then got onto the bus. We're like, 
shit we've drunk <laughs> literally everything so we went around and found the bare bones of this cocktail mix and some barocas <laughs> like, i think it was ed bale <laughs> it crushed them up and did his magic but there you go so there's a christmas drink for you <laughs> that is very exciting i will send that in the group to the lads as well think it's <laughs> that's very sweet of you thank you're you you're so welcome <laughs> So, yeah, you've had a huge uh, eclectic outpouring yourself this year with yeah. uh, some huge tours, haven't you? Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a busy year for the Den, which is, uh, which is fun. It's been a good year. It's been tough in places, but yeah. it's been really, uh, really rewarding. And it always feels good when you get to the end of a year and uh, you look back on, I don't know how many shows we've done, but it must be, I don't know, 100 20 150 something like that it's it's a fair amount this year yeah Um, but yeah it's been good amazing and a huge variety as well because you were supporting neil young weren't you yeah we did that this summer crazy yeah um this very rare there aren't many people left alive that you you kind of would you know the the, you'd be able to support like that these days i mean most most of them have, have passed away so it was a real really surreal honor um and just watching that show side of stage every yeah. night which i think that was kind of the most magical thing really oh, um that's fantastic yeah got so many goosebumps on the first night and we did get to meet neil very briefly at the end uh, of the our last show um which was pretty special as well so yeah it's uh it one to tell the grandkids about yeah yeah absolutely yeah. and that was all over europe is that right yeah germany uh, i think it was just germany actually uh oh, okay. but which is great like we love playing germany and, yeah. and uh yeah. And so yeah, it was it was it was a real treat. Oh, that's brilliant! And then in contrast, this tour where you went up to you went to the Highland Scotland, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. quite the other end of the scale. Yeah. What drew you back there? For- um, well, we did. It was definitely a conscious decision on us uh, on our part to. There are many reasons why we feel quite connected to Scotland. Um, uh, Davy, uh, his whole family are from Scotland, and a lot of particularly the first album was written in an old. Uh, uh, an old water mill in Scotland. Um, so uh, it, it's kind of, A, it has a place in our hearts, but also um, when we first, well, we did our first album tour, we kicked it off doing um, a tour of the Highlands. Um, mm. And that was in 2012, I think. And that makes sense. Maybe it was maybe it was 2014, actually. Um, but we really, uh, we just had such a great time on that tour. And I think looking back five six years later having done so much touring since then and it become it all becomes a bit of a blur Um, and when you start doing bus touring and touring in america and it you know when you start doing it six seven months of the year yeah um the experience is quite different so i think for us we wanted to kind of just remind ourselves what why we were doing it all in the first place and reconnect with a very simple setup you know loading driving ourselves mm. loading in ourselves chatting to fans after shows um and all the shows we played were in little pubs or art centers like 100 caps 150 Brilliant. caps um and just sort of doing the simple version of it and making it something that uh and, and wanted to just connect with the songs again connect with each other in a, in a more simple meaningful way yeah. the, the landscape is so stunning um and it was just a really amazing experience and i think you need to refresh like for us anyway it's really important that we're not just doing the same thing all the time yeah um you know the fragment stuff we did with you yeah. or driving around 
um, like a Scottish Highlands in a in a Land Rover or mm. jumping on a bus and go to America, like different. You know, I think we need we need that as a band. Otherwise, you do start to lose touch with what it is that you're doing. You know, it yeah, becomes absolutely. quite yeah. a surreal out of body experience. Um, so yeah, it was amazing. It was really grounding for us and and just a lot of fun. Yeah. Did it feel quite exposing going back to like quite a, an acoustic? Yeah, but also it's quite it's less stressful because not a lot can go wrong. You know it's just an acoustic guitar um you know you don't have to deal with like in-ear monitors or lights or you know they you know you if something goes wrong you just figure it out and so whilst it's sort of it's more in a weird way it's you feel more in control actually um uh so i think it's less stressful and more fun um and not that we don't love doing big shows or different types of touring but it's nice to mix it up and remind yourself that actually you know if 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 you were just doing this for the rest of your life it would still be a really nice you know yeah. really lovely way, way to make a living you know Absolutely. that's great yeah it's yeah. sort of more pure isn't it and and obviously having strings and that are, are great and all that obviously obviously <laughs> <laughs> but you could you know i don't know maybe you sort of think oh let's just let's just vamp this bit for a bit longer or, and you can just make decisions exactly on on the moment exactly yeah. exactly so was, it, really lovely. This, was it three of you or did you was it just you uh it was three of us plus marcus so that, like the three the three vocals and then yeah. marcus just doing some horns and Great. like extra little bits of instrumentation um and we did it that with a with sound guy and we did have a a, a friend of our si who was helping um just with guitars and stuff as well just because there's so many different tunings and yeah. um you know you, you, it's a bit awkward to sort of uh, stop it after each song and tune yeah. to a different tuning. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> Hang on, guys. Yeah, exactly. Ding, ding, ding. There's only so much sort of lame banter you can dish, dish out yeah. uh, bef- before you, before it gets awkward. So, um, but yeah, no, nonetheless, it's a very simple setup, and um, yeah, it's just it's just refreshing to do that. Um, you know, that's how like lesson. Like when we first started the band, that's how we were writing songs. Like now, we tend to write quite differently. Um, because we have a studio and because we're trying to push boundaries and yeah. challenge mm. and use different like textures and palettes and stuff yeah. but to just go oh we're a band let's just get out some guitars and play them yeah you know it's great it's nice it's to, nice to know you can still do that absolutely yeah. Yeah. so for yeah. you your idea of, of creating music has it always come from guitars like as your main starting point or is that well, how you think of, of n- less and less i mean that's what that's what i'm best at but it's also what I'm least creative on. Right. It's in, I studied guitar. I went to, uh, well, at Trinity. Um, yeah. Did a post at Trinity uh, and was a, jazz, was a jazz guitar player until I was like 25 or oh. was trying to be. Yeah. Uh, and then realised maybe that was actually not the, not the most enjoyable <laughs> uh, uh, or fruitful <laughs> use of my time. Um, but um, so I think that's what I'm best at instrumentally. But I'm also, because I was taught it, um, I find it quite hard to be creative on it because mm. I'm thinking in a very structured way. Yes. Um, whereas piano, I've been playing since I was eight. And I think I had like a year worth, a couple of years of lessons and I've never gone back to that. So when I sit down on the piano, it's all exciting and I don't really know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And Anything I think, could come up, couldn't it? Exactly. Just... And I think both Davey and I are trying to, whilst we're primarily guitar players, find it hard, well, not harder and harder. We can still write stuff on the guitar, but it's less... Um, it's less exciting and I think Davey would probably say the same that it's harder to be creative because it's like he has a certain way of playing he works within that structure um, and actually what we do now you know we spend a lot of time 
like buying weird i just bought this weird um like electric auto harp thing which is like a weird kid's toy but you can make like loads (laughs) of like but you can make loads of weird like um it's got like a you know like on a harmon on a uh, an accordion where you have the where it jumps from fists and all that sort of thing so you can write like that but also um it has all these kind of like weird electronic harp sounds and it's just like a weird thing but it's really fun and i don't know how to use it and in knowing in not knowing how to use it but understanding roughly how music works I think I'm probably going to come up with some more interesting things than if I just sat down yeah. with a guitar for yeah. you know a week. I think I've seen the um, flight of the Concords using that. Maybe. Oh yeah, that would, <laughs> wouldn't surprise me actually. Yeah, yeah. Just, like, yeah. Just, like, just have that as a sound that's sort of or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. brilliant. So yeah, I think that's definitely yeah. something that you know keeping it fresh and and also like there's always a challenge from a production perspective in the sense that we don't want to just keep making just acoustic you know we're not yeah, just sure. no. you, you don't want to just it's boring for us it's boring for the audience and um, you can really hear that on your last album <clears throat> so that you might hear it can't you there, yeah, there's, yeah. Uh, it's fantastic there's so many different kind of sound worlds and like sonar mm. it's yeah just, exactly it's brilliant it's really great yeah so i think that's important to, to to mix things up from that perspective but also just writing songs or just in keeping ourselves engaged and it's fun it's you've got to keep it fun you've got to make it fun you know yeah yeah Yeah. and and so you have your own studio now yeah we've got a little studio in crouch end in the church uh in in the old church there which is a whole complex of studios um and the most fancy studios owned by paul atworth who um Hmm. is like crazy uh producer and you know, it's done Adele and um, yeah, all sorts Adele. of yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So he's got a, yeah, a crazy, crazy studio there. But then there's loads of little yes. studios all around the outside of the still working church, which is a Nigerian church there. Um, so we've got a little little room there, and we're very lucky to have it. Um, we've spent a lot of time recording there in a in an adjacent studio um, with a friend with Ian Grimble. Is that with Ian? Exactly. Yes, he's fantastic. You worked with him on this EP, didn't uh, you? We recently? worked with him on that, that EP and he Brilliant. helped us with the first two albums and mm. he's been basically there since the beginning for us and, and yeah. very, um, like a just a, a real mentor effectively. Um, so he helped us get the studio next door um, and then that's just opened up a whole world of possibilities which we still, to be honest, I think barely scratched the surface of. Right. Um, but, you know, having a space means you can fill it full of stuff yeah. Uh, yeah. in a good way and then so, yes. so suddenly you're like oh why would i buy that i've got no room in my house for this stuff <laughs> suddenly you're like oh now i do actually have room so you... my wife says so like, can we can we get rid of this piano now and they're like no i love the piano yeah, exactly. like, i love it i can't get rid of the piano yeah, yeah. that's what you need a studio i know in a church yeah one day, one day. <laughs> it's so hard to find the space in london and, yeah. and to find something that's vaguely affordable yeah, so yeah. we're all lucky to Absolutely. get it so yeah. so yeah we've demoed the whole of the third album then we'll tinkering away in it all next year or hope yeah yeah uh dave you were saying that there were some interesting finds in in that church in that studio when yeah you arrived <laughs> it was amazing because like the church is like 200 years old i think or thereabouts um and it's it's a strange setup because it's had a strange because i think it stopped because it was stopped being a church um like a like a working church in the 60s i think and became uh do you know do you know trumpton the uh yes. animation yeah. so that's yeah, yeah. where they did all the animations for trumpton wow. so it was an animation studio ha- house um wow. well, that's cool and then when they bought um w- when the ex- uh, current owners bought the church i think they bought it on the basis um that it had that's part of it had to be a working church again um but they separated out all of the uh, rooms and it, i think the main bit was bought by dave stewart and annie lennox oh, right. so the eurythmics had it in the 80s yeah 
uh, and then um, uh, what's his name? Um, David Gray bought it off them. Uh, so David Gray had it in the nineties, and then Paul bought it in in the two thousand. Uh, well, I think it was about ten years ago. Yeah. Um, but still, you know, fundamentally, all of those different rooms gone on different journeys and mm. it was a church originally so when we went in um we were like well let's decorate it, it didn't really feel because it, it, it was a sewing room before that so it's just where oh. like the old ladies would like sew gowns for the church um so it was kind of in a bit of a w- odd sort of state um and we Have decided you carried on that sewing at all do you done no sewing <laughs> that's uh, a real shame yeah as of yet in there um but yeah we uh we um we, we decided to like just give it a lick of paint and put some like baffles up and just generally kind of make it a bit you know like more studio like and like, you know we figured we're going to spend a lot of time in there yeah. and we uncovered this um well like a like an old plaque it was kind of amazing it's beautiful it was just wallpapered over um but it's a plaque uh, f- that's kind of commemorates the organist who um was obviously and I, he's got his own wikipedia page he was yeah. like a quite a big deal um in the like 1880s right um <laughs> and uh yeah so there's a there's this beautiful stone plaque that we just like it was a bit like an indiana jones and we just peeled the paper <laughs> away like kind of uh bit by bit and we're like what is this so we cleaned it all up and um and it says something along the lines of like um uh, commemorating, I forget his name. Oh, sorry, jo- Josiah Booth. Of course, I know his name. Oh, yes. um, which is the name of your studio. Which is the name of the studio as well. Yeah. Um, uh, who made music in the, uh, for the grace of God between, what is it, 18, 18 19, 10 or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's just quite a sort of goosebumpy moment yeah. to sort of have that and, you know, to be turning it back into a studio and realise that, you know, 200 years ago, 150 years ago, that was what was... Um, yeah. The music was being made there then and now it's still being made and so yeah it's a really special pl- place actually and we're very lucky to have it that's yeah. fantastic so now you have endless possibilities with the uh, uh, growing number of instruments you able yeah. to buy and do you find that um and, and the time as well because you're not paying for studio time yes now so how do you bring in some sort of control and focus yeah it's a good question um because obviously you yeah you can just sort of go down rabbit holes i think we're mm. quite good at not doing that but I think that's because we don't we're not trying to start again when we when we embark upon a new album or project um what we tend to do is expand sort of laterally as it were so it's like okay cool well we're we're not going to just throw away the instruments that we currently know how to use and also over time we've learned how to use um different instruments in different ways that that like complement each other mm. from a, like yeah. part perspective or from even like frequencies like we use a, a lot of Nashville tuning like um yeah. guitars uh you know to get like sparkly high end and we use a lot of synth and low end and you know we've learned over time like what that sort of that palette kind of is still available to us we don't change that um but then it's like well what can we do peripheral to peripheral to that or um or how can we replace those it, that instrumentation conceptually using different instruments um so and what we're currently sort of the way we're thinking about it as well we we don't want to lose acoustic elements completely within the band because mm. that feels like a sort of fundamental identity yeah so um but well what else, what other if we don't what other acoustic instruments are available that would still fund are fundamentally emotive you know so um we're using a lot more pianos more and more um it's like well actually why do we have to use acoustic guitars we don't so Hmm. uh and that's something that like both davy and i are kind of amateur pianists in a lot of ways but are 
again, we're both quite creative on that instrument because yeah. we don't really know what we're doing. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so that is like an interesting replacement or addition on that side. And then, okay, cool, on the sort of more electronic side, well, how do we push that boundary out yeah. as well? So using drum machines or synths or my crazy uh, acoustic, uh, my crazy electric <laughs> auto harp thing yeah. or whatever Absolutely. it is. Absolutely, I'm looking forward to hearing that. Yeah, right. right. Um, <laughs> so I think it's about expanding laterally and seeing where else we can go with stuff but not... Uh, not removing the core elements you know yes. i think the relationship to the music and the lyrics is a very important part of bear's den mm. and the fundamental ability to emote is really important yeah. i think if we removed like the acoustic instruments altogether i think you i'm not saying you it couldn't be emotive still but feels counterintuitive to yeah, do that feel yeah. like for you for yeah so exactly it, yeah. yeah so it's about like painting with different palettes but with a core mm. set of colors that don't change necessarily i yeah. guess when we started bears den the idea was that we'd set out our stall a bit before we even picked up any instruments um so i think the first six months of being in bears den i don't think we did any music we just oh. went for loads of beers listened to loads of music had loads of cups of tea. Oh, great. Um, and went, okay, what is this? What are we trying to achieve? What are the rules? Um, and I think that served us really well over the years. And one of the rules we decided was, well, the instrumentation is less important than the song. So whatever serves the song is the best, is going to, is probably, is, you know, is going to yeah. work. So therefore, when we're making something in the studio, the idea is, well, what does it need? What does the song need? And if you go from, the song outwards and you go oh well it needs something in the bottom end or it needs something to make it more exciting mm. or uh it needs you need to take all this stuff out and it just be the vocal or whatever it mm. is if you let that be your sort of north star then generally the arrangements will present themselves over time yeah um and that's not to say that there's not a lot of head scratching or problem solving or you can't always figure that out but generally if you use that as a principle then i we find it works yeah better um it's frustrating when it doesn't and there are so many songs in the like song graveyard or song limbo <laughs> yeah. that didn't make it which is a, particularly for me is a source of frustration because i think some of our best songs we ha we never figured out yeah. uh and yeah. no one's ever heard them and i kind of always <laughs> try to push to make sure that that at some point they get re-looked at but it takes quite a lot of emotional energy to and sort of you have to believe in a song um, so when it doesn't work, it's hard to revisit yeah. it and open it back up. Yeah. Not impossible. Um, like Old Wives, like we, that was a song that almost never made it. Which is my absolute um, favourite. Oh, I cheers. I love that one. And especially, and the reworking on the fragments. Yeah. It's just fantastic. There's so many layers to it. It's really, it's really cool. But that was, like, we tried that. We, we were scratching our heads about that for, like, mm. three or four years. Didn't make it onto the first album. Yeah. And then we had this thing, well... If it's not good enough for the first album, why why would it be good enough for the second album? And I don't think that I think that's a good thing to mm. have in the back of your mind. But and that, what was it that did it that changed that opinion that you? Uh, it's just it, we unlocked it. I think we put because it was originally like a sort of. I think it might have even been in six eight actually. Right. I think it was like a six eight folk song with yeah. a mandolin. Yeah. And we were like, oh, this doesn't quite work, and just driving ourselves mad. Yeah. And then we put it into four stuck a big 80s drum beat behind it we're like oh there you go ah. so, uh, <laughs> that's what did it for me right, yeah. <laughs> every time 80s drum beat yeah yeah it's great so yeah. how did that process happen did you did you do that within 
duet within like logic or something or did you do it just from so we together? with that particular album we because we didn't have the studio at the time a friend of ours had a studio in holland so davy went out there for like a week on his own and um i mean he i still don't quite understand how this happened but he basically wrote that entire album in three weeks wow. um which is bonkers wow. yeah um because it's so hard because this i do think it's a really a uh, good record and the songs are yeah. so good but I just don't know how he did it so I think in the first 10 days he'd like send me a couple of songs a day it was just like a little like it's crazy and then I flew out uh, and we just very very lightly sketched um, just demo just like uh, just put you know beats or like an aesthetic um, or a few like key mel- melodic parts or whatever mm. and then it evolves and then it evolves in the studio uh from that but as long you know you only have to have three or four signposts and then i think yeah. you can normally fill in the rest you know yeah, yeah so yeah. going back to what you were saying actually about um uh, that thing of not being able to get outside unlock these things like so at that point is it do, is that ever when you bring in the fuller band the, um the rest of the guys is it that stage or earlier or later when do they it depends really um it's a good question as well i think so obviously, the, the 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 rest of the guys in the band who are sessions, but have, might as well be band members in many ways because we've been working with them for so long and trust them so much. Yeah. Um, like obviously, they can do things that we can't do. Jules is an amazing drummer. Uh, Marcus is like so, knows so much about synths and and how to get interesting sounds. And everyone's got their own um, their own skills uh, that we don't have, which is obviously part of the reason that we're so keen to work with them. So. There's definitely a point where you have to, where, where, and a lot of making music or creating music for us, I think, is give is relinquishing control like bit by bit. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so at some point you go, okay, cool, like it's, this is over to you guys now, and you and we really want them to have input and also feel only like want it to feel they're part of it. We don't, we're not want to be dictatorial and just go play this. Yeah. Um, that would also just be a waste of their uh, their musicianship. So. Um, but at the same time, we need to be able to know where it's going enough that it's not going to get steered off course, or yeah. because yeah. It's, it can get mud, you know things can get muddy quite quickly. Yeah. Um, so it's really about, I would say, once we've got about sixty, seventy percent of the direction and the aesthetic and like key uh, instrumental parts or like rhythmical ideas, then yeah. it's like cool. Let's just throw it around now, and it's a free for all. So. There's there's quite a few processes um, in yeah, and I don't know if that'll be the same next year when we start working on new stuff. It might be a completely different process. Yeah. Maybe we will get in a room and just play live. Who knows? But mm. and because uh, it hasn't been the same, but that's what that's where how we have been working. Yeah. For the last few years, the first album we toured for three years before we recorded it, Oof. so it's pretty like um, sort of well i say it was quite established but then it still evolved after that um because we started incorporating more electronic elements which kind of informed the sound of the second album um i think the third it it depends like we work in a quite different way now and so they evolve and i say that i mean we've been making changes to songs on on the road i think they do i think they do still change they do still evolve but we do tour in a much more structured way now Mm. um and so it's harder to make changes 
quickly yeah. and there's more people involved and you have to run it past the sound guy and da 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 So there's a lot more uh, that stops you from being quickly, making things, yeah. making changes more fluidly. Um, but again, that's a product of the way in which we've chosen to do things currently and it's not to say that we wouldn't completely change that up and make mm. it a more you know because I, I think it is nice when they have room to breathe but also like there's so many different elements to that you know the way that that the set breathes or the way that you know how you take people on a journey that always changes yeah. you know like the set list i think there's an art to that there's an art to all these mm. things so i think um it's always evolving but yeah. uh sometimes it's had like growth spurts and then sometimes it's more of a, like a gradual sort of you know yeah maturing uh, sort <laughs> of like fine wine yes exactly yeah <laughs> exactly so you, you toured for three years and then recorded and, and also you took a long time to work out what you wanted to do with the band yeah um what, is that i think that's is that's quite would that say it's quite unusual way of, of starting a band or uh or, i think or, in for a band like us i think it's it feels like the only way that you can do it okay given the fact that you know, like, radio's probably not going to play you. Hmm. So how um, how else are you... I mean, this to be fair, this is kind of basically pre-Spotify when we started the band, I guess. But, um, yeah. but nonetheless, like, the only sure way hmm. to be able to build audience for a band like us is to just get out and, and play in front of people yeah. Yeah. and win people over five, ten people at a time. Yeah. Um, and yeah. the amount of touring we did before their first album came out was bonkers. I mean, we did, like... I don't know, two, yeah, say two, three years of it. Um, yeah. And you need that platform in order to, for, for example, for radio to even consider playing you. Yeah. Because they're like, well, why, would I, why, why would I play this? Like, who's into it? Nobody's sure. into it. Yeah. Cool, so, so why I just play it because I like it? Like, it doesn't really work like <laughs> no, that. No. With It works with pop music. You can just <clears> be fed something and people are like, yeah, cool, let's roll with it. But um, there's, a, there's a kind of, certainly at the moment, like the milestone for bands potentially... Uh, being considered for any radio plays uh, having sold out Scala, uh, right. which is like, what, eight 800 people. Yeah. So yeah. if you can sell 800 tickets in London, then uh, okay. if you're like an alternative yeah. like band band, then radio might be like, oh, okay, we'll give them a spot play oh, right. late night. And yeah. that's not, I mean, there are exceptions, but yeah, like, of course. that's the so. only way. So it, there wasn't really a choice for us. The only way you're able to build an audience on your own terms and in a mm. sustainable way yeah. is to tour yeah. Um, yeah. for a band like us if radio comes along then that's a bonus yeah. but yeah. the idea is just the long game basically um, so but yeah there's no I don't most bands when I look at them that are like band bands have done that yeah. um, because it's just it's very hard to get any traction or reach yeah. people any other way i think There's no rush to record really when when you can just get out and yeah and just play to see people's reactions and exactly yeah. and it's also it helps you figure out like you yeah, know the audience form like help you formulate you know you, you try a song one night and you go oh, we're not doing that again or, <laughs> uh, yeah. or, or or suddenly first time we played pompeii in front of an audience was in in new york um at the mercury lounge and you could just feel that the, the changing the room like the yeah. room just changed and we we're like yeah. oh shit like this is people this is affecting people yeah. so we're like right cool let's do that again then you know yeah. um or I any even heard a- that on radio one the other day oh that's nice and oh. it was a total refreshing joy oh uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, that's nice but yeah like i think it's uh you know you should allow 
the sort of touring to f- to formulate your identity to a degree. Um, mm. And I think that was actually really useful for us because we didn't really know. We sort we'd set all these rules up and we had some songs and stuff, but you know, you learn more. Well, you you, you know, like you learn more doing it once in front of people than you do ten oh, times totally. just practicing at home. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. you do have to just get out there and be a real. Like make some mistakes in the world. Well. Make, oh, make plenty so you of mistakes. Learn the most from that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, Constantly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's such a lovely moment in the, your shows where you have the acoustic section where you go out into the crowd yeah. and play. Yeah. Um, was that something you did? initially as a one-off and then it's just grown from there or is it something you always had in mind that you'd make that part no exactly like we just i think we were in montreal when we first did it and i don't even remember why we did it um there will have been a reason or maybe we were just like let's just try that and we did it and it felt good um and i think if you're having a bad show or, or, or struggling to connect to the audience um in any way either because maybe you've got in here so you can't really you know experience in the room in the same way as everyone else or maybe just like you've had loads of technical problems or whatever you're just not quite like it's not quite feeling right then it's a brilliant way of flushing that out and and starting uh starting again and again going back to the kind of highlands um thing it's a way of just playing simply and sort of honestly yeah and it it, it's 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 our favorite bit of the set i think when we do it because uh it's just you can't really in our heads you can't it can't go wrong yeah um and it's just the purest way you you can connect with music so um so yeah i think we did that i don't know i don't know when but we were i remember montreal was the first show um and then i think we were like oh that's cool let's try that again and then it became part of the set and then as the venues started to get bigger we start going well how do you do that yeah in a a 2000 cat room or a 4000 cat room or whatever Mm. um i think the biggest room we've done it in completely on uh without any like um condenser mics or any like ambient mics was the roundhouse and that's like three thousand over three i don't know three thousand or something like that um and i thought that was we i was worried that that wasn't gonna work um because you have to put so much trust into it's your audience and to to sort of just assume that three thousand people are all going to be completely quiet for five minutes yeah uh, and 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 barely be able to hear you but it draws people in and and we're lucky we've got a very respectful audience that you know i I think 
it's yeah, you wouldn't. There requires a lot of like trust, but I think that's yeah. a beautiful thing and why live music so yeah such an interactive thing Absolutely, yeah you guys seem to have a great connection with your fans and uh the, i was seeing the other day that you were advertising for people to come and be in your music videos which yeah. is like another lovely layer to that yeah know? exactly yeah we i mean we're, we're so lucky um and i think partly because we've built it slowly um and been able to really connect with so many people um like in uh, individuals or in small rooms and stuff like that um and been beers with so many yeah. fans after shows and just like you know yeah. just kind of break that sort of um sort of mist the mystery that some bands yeah. can have around them um i think that's just made it a very a really like positive experience and i think there is a lot of sort of trust and respect mutual respect between yeah. us and the audience yeah. and, and that feels really nice we do want them to be involved and we do want them to feel part of it because it, it doesn't you, you know once once the songs are out they're not our songs anymore you know yeah um and they and nor should they be so it, it's like a two-way interaction would the show work in a absolutely huge venue or would he would it be better in a slightly smaller venue like sure. a bit more intimacy or i mean the the, the, the largest the larger shows we've got a few arenas next year and we did a couple a couple of years ago um mm. And it does become challenging to continue to better create that sense of intimacy. Um, and it is important to us. And we have discussed, like, uh, well, to, to, to be fair, uh, you know, like, we were in a conversation a while back about, well, you know, like, what's the biggest venue th we think we could do it in, uh, mm. where where it didn't just feel like it was getting lost. Um and the arena we played in Belgium a couple of years ago, we we ended up having like a B stage, like right in the middle of the in, of the floor, yeah. and uh, and then ended up running like literally sprinting all the way around the sort of like through these tunnels <laughs> to get up to the middle of the of the floor to play like and a, a song acoustically just with one condenser mic and it and it actually worked really well. Um, we literally had to time the run; it was hilarious. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think. Uh, there's always a way and the intention of uh as long as you're really sort of thoughtful about it creating a sense of intimacy doesn't uh mean you can't do it in a large yeah. room um but i do think that we would beyond sort of five six thousand cap i think it probably would get too tricky i don't know no. we have, i mean it'd be a great position to yeah, to have to of course figure yeah. it out say that you you wouldn't be able to of course sell <laughs> yeah, out yeah. thousands of huge venues but um i just wonder like for your the way this band has become and, and what i don't know what to be, to be in that position where you can just choose actually no i would rather just play hammersmith apollo 10 times in a row or, yeah. or something I mean, that's the dream <laughs> obviously if we were in that position yeah yeah, yeah. and there's a whole <laughs> thing like we've we, we've watched what other bands do and like some bands will go for Ali Pali or rather yeah. than two Hammersmiths or four yeah. Hammersmiths rather than the O2. Mm. And I think that is um, a, I think that's quite a classy move to, yeah. to mm. do multiple shows at a smaller venue. Um, although I don't judge anyone that does, not to say that, you know, but that no. someone's playing the O2, I'm like, oh, what are they doing that for? Glitter cannons. Yeah, yeah. I've always wanted a glitter, <laughs> yeah, glitter right. cannon, actually. Um, <laughs> but I think it's just whatever works, you know, like music is, to a 
to a degree defi- uh, def- created as a product of the space that it's made in. Yeah. Uh, so either you adapt the music to fit the space or you, or you mm. adapt the space to fit the music. It depends yeah. what, what feels more appropriate, I guess. Um, so, yeah, we're still figuring it out and we'll see We'll see if we get to, like, the opportunity to play bigger rooms, then we'd we'll have to make a call on it then. But we feel like we can still do it at 5,000 cap and it's okay, yeah. 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 Do, do you... Um, uh, in the larger venues, do, do you employ uh, like a set designer, and uh, or maybe for the smaller venues as well? But. Yeah, well, kind of. We've been experimenting with that a bit. We, we both quite like the idea of uh, create. We tried. We've tried to create kind of um, uh, more of a thea- theatrical sort of set, or at mm. least that was an idea that we had last year, but we didn't really pull it off. Um, <gasps> and there's a lot of things you can do with lights, and we've lucky enough to work with a couple of really really great lighting designers um you can do so much but i think it's something that we're quite into exploring more in the future um that there are so many like practical and budgetary implications of that that you have to kind of be really out of the game and have a strong concept and um it also be scalable because you know as with almost all bands i think you you know you'll be playing like huge rooms one night one day and then you go yeah. to a different territory and you'll be playing like 200 cap clubs so yeah. You, yeah that has to be scalable you have to think about all those things um but a set design is definitely something we really like the idea of doing more of in the mm. future yeah great I was yeah. Actually, i've forgotten her name the amazing set designer um is that on that documentary abstract on netflix oh yeah i've heard about that i've seen it the name she's done so many things yeah. like um I can't remember anything uh, like Kanye West and Beyonce oh, well, and yeah. yeah um, that's right yeah. I think Davey watched that and was really inspired by it yeah and he goes to the theatre a lot as well so and it is amazing yeah. what we, she we, does you, opera as well and all and all that oh, sort yeah. of thing. I mean, it's, just, it's immense isn't it the yeah. opera yeah exactly yeah. it's really powerful what you can do so I think yeah. we definitely want to do more of that in the future yeah oh, that's an exciting turn that yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, you could always incorporate some potato printing exactly <laughs> I know that you are a fan I am, I am. I've carved so many potatoes oh. in my adult life. I have no idea. <laughs> I admire that hugely. That's great. You recorded your last album in Seattle. Is that yes, right? that's right. Yeah. What drew you out there? Uh, mainly the producer. We wanted to work with a, a producer called Phil Eck, who's yeah. made a lot of great albums that we really uh, love. All the, the first two Fleet Foxes albums mm. and The Shins mm. and uh, uh, Father John Misty and uh, oh, just so many like like bands that were really important to us. Um, mm. And when Phil said he wanted to work with us, we were really excited and uh, jumped That's on a plane. Great. It was yeah. a little frustrating because we got there uh, and it was obviously quite expensive to fly a band out to Seattle for seven weeks. Yeah. And then the second week, he was like, man, I'd love to make a record in London one day. And we were like, oh, you serious? <laughs> we could just put you on a plane and hire a studio. What have we, why have we not had that conversation? Um, but nonetheless, uh, it was yeah, it was a really great experience to live in a... Like the idea of going to work in a different city for yeah is more more yeah. exciting to me than visiting it, you know. Absolutely. And how was oh, yeah. it? What, did you enjoy being in Seattle? Yeah, it's so beautiful. I didn't really realise before I went how um how green it is and how watery it is. It's yeah. surrounded by water, and it's incredible. There's some 
extraordinarily beautiful part of the world um i kind of i kind of imagined it slightly differently in my head uh and obviously i've been there before but you know you get off the bus you go into the venue you get back on the bus you don't really get a sense of it um we made a lot of really good friends there you know we've become part of the furniture you know you know everyone in the local bars by the end and all the coffee shops and we made a few friends like like lifelong friends while we were there which is really nice Mm. um and everyone i think it's a really exciting and amazing city actually um so yeah it was a great experience uh and yeah i think we've got a little bit of seattle in our hearts now from being there yeah it's Mm. really cool that's fantastic yeah i mean you have it's quite an american sort of sound or color a lot of your music are you very i mean more influenced by american music than the british music would you say probably on on balance um i just think the the culture like alternative music culture in america is so broad yeah and so far reaching um you know if you just speak to like an average joe in a, in a bar mm. he'll be able to tell you who the bass player in this band was or yeah. Yeah. you know like there's just there's so many more people of, of just into that music sort of music and obviously there are so many more people in america so the sort of creativity that you get out there is and what people are doing is mm. generally more interesting to us but not exclusively um no but that tradition of like alt music or alt folk music or whatever you want to call it yeah is so strong um mm. and revered in, in a slightly different way uh so naturally a lot of our favorite artists are american but or canadian to be fair a lot of Can- yeah. Yeah. most most of them are actually canadian but they yeah. think, <laughs> you, you think they're american so uh, so yeah so i think it's definitely big source of uh sort of inspiration for us but then there's always been that relationship between the us and the uk and you know in the 60s everyone was you know just bouncing back and forth like bouncing ideas off each other so i think there's a healthy exchange there as well um, yeah yeah Yeah. if you're in a city for for one day um what what would you always try and do do you try and find a nice coffee shop or do you everyone has their, their, their different like things like jules is the drummer in the bands is a very like kind of naturey outgoing guy so he'll always get off the bus and go straight into the city see as many things as he can yeah they'll always make an effort to go and uh eat in nice restaurants and you know yeah. really like soak it up i think uh you know harry will always go to a bar um me and david i don't know i think it depends what else we've got going on because we're thinking about you know we're probably in the middle of like other band or band admin stuff or mm. yeah. trying to figure stuff out so when we do get a chance yeah we'd love to go out and eat um i, I think that's really it depends also so you know some venues are like right in the most exciting part of town some are like yeah. the place where you're like <laughs> yes. i don't really want to i don't even think there's any point in going out today no. so it's just there's so many yeah. factors um but yeah you know when i think when we've got the time and energy of course we want to go and explore and and, and over time you know i don't know how we you know we probably played glasgow 15 times so yeah. you start to go oh cool let's go back to that place or yeah, i quite yeah, like going nice. to a casino on a day off sometimes yeah. um oh, just nice. just to, whole just day to have a casino. bit of fun yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah. although i have got a bad reputation of not being able to get into casinos oh really, oh, really? literally every time of the last six times i haven't been allowed in wow why is that i wonder what why that is, is, it this place? is it to do with these <laughs> these turbo negronis is that um, quite possibly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah. very bad face <laughs> and uh what has 2020 got in store for you guys uh it's a good question i think 
we are not touring very much uh, at all. And that is something that I think feels important to us. I think yeah. it's been like a hectic year and I think it's important to get life balance when we can. Um, and I think we're just going to... We've got a few, a few ideas of different like ways of writing music or framing the writing of music. Uh, and so I think it'll just be a cre- creative year, uh, hopefully really creative and and just form, sort of taking stock of everything and formulating some ideas uh, and seeing where that takes us. Uh, I think it's hard. There's always something uh, to do uh, when you're in a band. It's quite hard to get just a completely like sort of open open horizon or whatever you want to call it so i think we've made a conscious effort to to clear the decks in order that we can be creative in a just tap into that part of our brains uh as much as possible so i'm really looking forward to it yeah Yeah, very exciting yeah Yeah, thanks Kev. Thanks for chatting to us. It was yeah. a nice conversation. He's so interesting. Again, I know I say this about everyone, but he genuinely is. And what I love about Bears Den is their relationship with their fans is just amazing. They spend so much time going and meeting people and they've really built up a great relationship with them. I know you talked a bit about that. and But I just think that's really admirable. Yeah. They're so approachable. Yeah, I think yeah. so, yeah. Um, there's a really good uh, video on YouTube, which we'll link to, which is which uh kev talked about in the in the interview the sort the little tour they did um where was it in scotland oh yeah yeah that's right they went all um, around the wilds didn't they right up into the top of scotland yeah but they've made a really lovely short film just showing some of the little concerts they did and it really captures the um the, the intimate setting they were able to produce yeah um playing inside like within the crowd you know yeah, that's um, all, all things that, that you you know is, seems so alien now, but um, in this in this time, but but uh, it's it's really great. It's a lovely little. It's not very long to watch, fifteen minutes or so. Yeah. Um, so um, check it out. It's a lovely little yeah, film. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, obviously, go and check out the album, the new one. It's really great. Yeah. But also, I didn't really before doing the tour. I knew of Bears Den, but I didn't know their music, and uh, I listened to loads of it before I went away and. I really, really genuinely like it. I think it's excellent. Their, their first album, um, Agape... Oh, no, it's not the first one. It's Islands, sorry. is yeah. It's packed full of cracking tunes. And we've got the vinyl of it and everything now. Love it. Oh, yeah, oh it's lovely. Really great. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. There we are. Well, there's a whole back cut... cut oh, cut, cut up. It's, it's easy for me to say this word, <laughs> honestly. There's a whole back catalogue to go back and listen to. Can anyone guess it's Sunday morning when we're recording this, do you reckon? <laughs> this is the earliest we've ever had to do this. I know. Verity's got a big plan. She's got a big all-day uh, street bender. To, uh... Is that what you're doing? <laughs> Basically. I mean, I could dress it up as selling selling junk out the front. I don't know what's worse, to be honest. But, yeah, I, it's, it's going to be a big day in Leighton. Excellent. Know. It sounds exciting. Brick a brack a go go. Look at that. That's eighties, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Bring it. Bring and buy sale. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, look, and that's the end of like the the podcast bit. So any Bears mm. Den fans can they can go now. 
we're just gonna we're gonna waffle on for a bit about what we've done this week so <laughs> yeah. I have mean, you had a good week verity oh thanks i've had a great week we had a stilo fest on friday yeah tell us all about that well first of all i'd like to make a, a clever link well it's not clever but it is a link um our headliner was christoph van der ven who is yeah. actually in bear's den and oh wait bear's, just... bear's den fans come back come, come back. back we're not finished Don't we're go. not finished <laughs> there's more bear's den content yeah there is. Christoph did a set for yeah. us at eight o'clock, uh, the penultimate set of the day, and it was wonderful from his living room. I mean, we had a bit of buffering issues, but but he's so good as well. And his it, he played some of his solo stuff, and we had a little chat, and we chatted about his art. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's done a really lovely picture. I mean, Rob sent a photo because he was taking people's photos and then and then reimagining them. And then they sent this picture. Uh, Rob sent a picture of me on my birthday, and I look like uh, in his reimagination, like I've had a at least a ten year smack habit. It's um, <laughs> it's a really beautiful thing. <laughs> He's done loads of them. They're hilarious. You should check him out on Instagram. He puts them up there. They're really funny. Um, but anyway, that was Excellent. nice. But Estilo cool. Fest was great. It was. Yeah. I felt so emotional through the day um, because. Like our quartet played together, did a couple of sets for the first time since all this began. And we sat down. The first thing we started rehearsing was a Foo Fighters track. And I felt like I was going to tear up. It was really emotional. It's just so nice all playing together again. Oh, yeah. what tune was it? Monkey Wrench? Uh, no, yeah, exactly that. All the emotion of that one. We did, no, we I did got t- another <laughs> confession to make. Was it that one? No, unfortunately not. No, it was, we did Learn to Fly, but we also did, um, oh, oh God, Days... Everlong? Was it called Times Like These, isn't it? Times Like These. Yeah. Times Like These, you learn to love again. That might not be the right words. I'm not good at words. Yeah, it's that one. Oh, yeah, great. No, it was so great. And everyone, lots of people were playing from their living rooms. So there were like 15 different people played through the day and everything was great. And it was a really like supportive, joyous musical day. Yeah. So yeah, that was really fun. Oh, yeah. how well done. And um, did, did you did you raise lots of money for yeah. yourselves? For us? <laughs> yeah, I, I've embezzled it all. No, uh, we did. We we did raise a good lot of money. Like nigh on. I think we raised about 800, 900 pounds, something like that. It was really good. Oh, wow. Yeah. And people can still give money now. Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, this isn't for charity. This, this is just for, this is for you, <laughs> well, isn't it? Which well, is fair enough. It is. It's for all the musicians because actually lots of us haven't worked really for months and as you probably know I mean I don't want to get too political and dark about this I save that for Twitter but um there's not a whole lot of support for musicians and the future isn't looking it's not rosy at the moment so so we just decided we have loads of people who come in and play for the quartet and we thought it'd be really good if we could all just raise a bit of money for each other basically yeah um but yeah and it was good yeah that was a really good thing it was nice to have yeah. some positivity and and feel good about playing amongst all of this, really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. excellent. Thanks. Well, yeah. Well, what about hopefully you? There'll, be, there'll be more. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've I've had a good week. What, good. what have I done? I'm trying to think. I should always I should always prepare this before we start talking <laughs> about what I've done this week. Um, I the thing I can think of most is that I watched Hamilton <gasps> the other day. Yes. On Friday. And uh, oh, so great! It's so good. <laughs> I watched it last you, you night. You watched it last, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Isn't it amazing just to finally amazing. watch that cast? 
Oh, they are awesome. I didn't know where oh, to start God. on the awesomeness, but they are all so good, aren't they? Yeah, all of them, yeah. Yeah. And it's um it's really funny having listened to the the soundtrack so many times mm. to watch to watch it and to see how um how kind of organic the show is and how um there's times where you can hear um like the like the MD is is sort of wrangling the chorus to come in together and they're just <laughs> yes. sl- slightly behind where where like the record is yeah um because it's live you know yeah. um and and that's fine. That's just normal theatre. Um, and then there's times where, you know, there'll be like Aaron Burr will be doing a sort of what, what you would call in the old days a recitative. Uh, <laughs> yes. Again, easy for me to say. Um, <laughs> and it, 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 you can tell it's like it doesn't have to come exactly the same place each night. There's a little bit of room. Yeah. Um, so it's just to hear those voices, which I've, I've heard so much on that yes. record, which is so fixed to then see it as a living, breathing piece of work yeah um is amazing and the the editing they've done to make that all this all the camera angles and yeah it's beautiful it's it's beautiful yeah. it's so well done those the skylar sisters the three women in the oh room, my oh god. my god when they start singing their voices are just incredible and and her acting the woman who plays angelica skylar can you remind oh, me her name yeah renee, renee elise goldsbury she is phenomenal isn't she that is just satisfied is the yeah. best thing. Oh my god, it's amazing. That's the thing you can't get from from the record. The yeah. the the visuals of that. It, yeah, it's just the most incredible bit of theatre. Yeah. I, yeah, I said on Twitter, it's like a mini movie inside the um, inside the show. Yeah, you suddenly you watch Helpless and then it goes into Satisfied, and then it she goes rewind, rewind, and then it just everything goes back and rewinds and everyone's it's and so it's so amazing you can i've seen it twice in the west end but yeah but now you can we can watch it I've and you can just pause it, it. I've oh, never seen oh it. you've never seen it before no, at all i've listened to the album so many times and i've been asking for tickets as since it came since before it was in the west end i was asking for tickets for it like trying desperately to go and just haven't been yet but i, I mean it's made me want to go even more now I mean, it's just oh, yeah. awesome. that every time Thomas and Jefferson comes on as well, I love him. I love that guy. <laughs> he is so funny. He is Dicks. so funny. <laughs> and He's doing different ad libs to the record as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and there's just little things he does with his face. They're just hilarious. They're yeah. not not even no, nothing audio. It's just yeah. it's just so funny to watch. Oh, um, I, that was a massive just, highlight this week. Wasn't it's it? kind of like it's. It's almost overwhelming how good it is. Yeah. I mean, so if there's anyone here that doesn't like Hamilton, I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't really know what to say because it's just every single aspect of the show. I'm gonna, I'm going overboard here, but I believe it. Yeah. It's, it's the story is incredible. I mean, the, the lyrics. I, I, every single department, just it, it's just a perfect storm. Everything yeah. came together. The incredible casting. The choreography and the the costumes, yeah, it's perfectly pitched. It's like it's it's traditional, but with a sort of modern twist, and it sort of references things from films and rap and, yep. and hip hop and yep. and I don't know. There's just so much going on, and the music is. I mean, the the let me talk to talk musically in this music podcast. Like the <laughs> the the motifs he writes. I mean, you could just spend 
days and months analyzing it. Yeah. There's so much foreshadowing and yeah, and and it's so beautifully it's arranged, isn't it? Like the so it, beautifully arranged. Yeah. When it cuts from these really full-on numbers on stage, and then it backs down, you've got like basically string quartet by itself, and it's just stunning. And it's yeah. played so beautifully as well. And then yeah. the whole band is just so tight, aren't they? They are awesome. It, yeah, it yeah. sounds. It's amazing how how it sounds. You know, at times exactly like the record. Um, and as I said, there is a bit of fluidity sometimes, but but really, it sounds it sounds the same. It's amazing how they how they've sort of recorded a studio quality version of of the show, and that in a live theatre, which is completely different yeah scenario it it comes out sounding the same and it's all done live yeah um i couldn't get my head around that at all yeah because it's just yeah it's like, and like jonathan groff who plays the the king oh he's so good he is so good and his face it's amazing like, he's just got this psychotic expression on his he face looks like just he looks like a, a ventriloquist dummy yeah he does he does it's like just his mouth moving yeah and his dead eyes <laughs> <laughs> terrifying the audience yeah He's so good. I, yeah. d- I really didn't think he'd be as good as that. He was amazing. No, because it's it's um, just pitched right. It's not too hammy, but it's too hammy. Oh. Hammy. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh God. <laughs> yeah. Um, Do you think we've sold no. it? We've. I think we've... Yeah. Sweet. Anyway, I think it's all right. It's all right. You yeah, know, I check might, it out if you feel like it. Might watch it again. <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda is also good at just the acting in it as well. Yeah. Aside from just creating it and yeah. writing it. He's he's brilliant. He's, I kept thinking he was really, like an elite oh. athlete in it because at the beginning he's quite when he was singing the first couple of numbers I was like oh it's slightly under but obviously with the record it's really full on it like in in my shot for example I was thinking mm. oh he's you know slightly under but of course he was because he's got a marathon to run with this with this yeah. performance it's just intense and it builds up builds up builds up and then mm. you know sometimes he's really belting them out but yeah it's beautifully underplayed at times as well. At, at first, in the first couple of songs, um, Alexander Hamilton and My Shot, mm. he, um, he, he's got a very different uh, timbre to his voice. It's yeah. very, it's, it's young and, and wild and, and his posture's different. Yeah. And, um, and I, I remember that when I saw it in town, the, the guys doing it, I saw two different people doing it and uh, they, they really nailed that as well. It's like real like, wide wide eyes kind of optimism and yeah but Lin-Manuel Miranda in this is he's doing even more than he was doing on the recording like he's he'd already lived with that show for however long yeah six or seven years or something by the time they recorded it but but this recording this filming um he's doing even more with it he's sort of he's found and everyone's found slightly different things they've developed the character even more like different different rhythms or slightly different pitches and uh, I don't know. Oh, I'm, we're really going, getting into this now. Sell but, it, uh, sister. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, so good. Check it out yeah. on Disney Plus. This yeah. podcast is sponsored by Hamilton on Disney Plus. Oh, please, can it be? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I also recommend Frozen Two. <laughs> Me too. Actually, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, and all that the Star the Wars films. I- yeah 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 <laughs> i went to see frozen 2 on my own at, at the cinema oh i, I was remember just, you going well as, that was after oh, yeah. this interview that was after the kev interview wasn't it was it i'm sure it was because it was at high oh, i remember i remember speaking to you just before going in 
about something or other. Um, so maybe um, it wasn't this one then. <laughs> it was one of those times where I had um, we have like five hours off in town. So you yeah. think, uh, I might. I'll, I'll go to the cinema. But then I got there and I bought a massive bag of um, pick and mix, um, which is is basically illegal these days. Uh, oh, yeah. And then the ticket, I, I didn't realise it was like in Leicester Square. And, and they were like, oh, yeah, it's like £16 uh, for the what? ticket. Because it, like, oh it was like a big screen. But there was like three of us in the, in the whole room. And then... Uh, the pick and mix cost about ten pounds, so I, I think I bought a coffee as well. So it, it cost about twenty seven pounds. I was like, oh, is this too much money? It's the sort of thing I used to do in the old days. Yeah, but yeah. before I before I sort of decided I, I need to just cycle everywhere and, and make all my own food at home because yeah. I haven't earned, earned any money. Um, yeah, exactly. I remember us once going out and buying a um, some sort of computer console, like. Place it not PlayStation or something like that. We obviously had disposable money at one stage because I remember uh walking down the road and thinking, What should we do today? Oh, let's I fancy playing a computer game, let's go and buy a console. What? <laughs> what? That would never happen now. <laughs> no. I'm trying to sell no. them down the jumble trail for God's sake. Yeah, get them down God, there. God, how time's get them down the boot sale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are the big ticket items you're selling today, by the way? Just oh, so okay. We can... We've got some great gun gun metal stool uh, stools. Yeah, they're they're very nice actually. Gun metal, lovely. Ah. <laughs> I'll keep saying gun metal. <laughs> Don't know yeah, why that's relevant. Metal. It's horrible. It's it doesn't out. sound very nice, does it? Oh, they're great. Anyway, what else have we got? High ticket. Oh, oh, some inline skates and some ice skates. Ah. It's good stuff. Right? That's good. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, that is some good stuff. Mm, might keep well, good luck with that. Thanks. What are you going to go and do now for the rest of your day? Um, uh, well, we've got um, we've got an old Dirty Brastards recording <gasps> tomorrow, which yeah. is uh, Monday morning when this comes out. Um, and we're... Um, so, yeah, I've, I need to just... I'm going to clean my trumpet. Yeah. Um, give it a bit of a polish. Lovely. And uh, just get everything ready for that, really. Oh, and, great. Um, Send out the uh, the new parts for everything and uh, good luck with that recording. That That's exciting. Lots of lots of things. Yeah, thank you. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, oh. I'm, I, I need to do some practice as well, so I've got <laughs> enough uh, chops. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, that is a serious concern. Yeah. Um, in the in our festival the other day, I had to do a solo set at the end of the day, and I don't think I've been that nervous in maybe 15 years to do anything because for some inexplicable reason I picked pieces that all had really stressful connotations for me the first thing I played was something that I did in a performance class at college in my first term and I I literally couldn't get to the end of it because I was shaking so much um so why I chose that I don't really know but Mm. but it's good sort of put demons to rest so there we are oh good yeah well there you go maybe that's why you did it maybe you knew yeah Something in menu. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure you're going to have a fabulous day and those chops I will be working. So. <laughs> yes, they will, believe. Um, brilliant. Well, let, let's, let's go. Let's let, go, come thank, on. If you stayed all the way through that, I mean, really, well you deserve some sort of medal. Yeah. Um, go and watch Hamilton now. <laughs> go and watch Hamilton yeah. and Frozen 2. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we'll see you next week yes, on we will. Three in a Bar. Thanks very much. Cheers. Bye. Bye.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.